We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in to this edition of Real Tree Rebels on MPW Digital, all podcasts on MPW Digital presented by Twisted T. Good show for you today. Every single Tuesday, releasing episodes, and this one features Ole Miss offensive lineman Eli Acker. We're going to talk to Eli about his love of the outdoors, the Ole Miss football season to date, a lot about his recruitment and career as well, and we get into uh, some connections to his uh, his father. He and I sharing a couple things with uh, that, so a lot of good stuff coming up with Eli on today's show. Really appreciate his time yesterday here in the middle of the season. Rebels got back from Tulane late Saturday. We recorded yesterday, so uh, good stuff here from Eli Acker coming up on the show. And then remember to check out Realtree.com for all your uh, apparel. They've got uh, some great recipes. I'm going to try one of those out today. I'll have pictures of that on social media and different things once I do that. So a lot of good stuff there, Realtree.com. And remember, we have different uh, guests, new episodes every single Tuesday. Really appreciate the Realtree people for uh, trusting me, Tyler and Bill and those guys, for these episodes. So let's go ahead and get into it. Today's show features Ole Miss offensive lineman Eli Acker on Realtree Rebels on MPW Digital. Eli, thanks for the time today. Really, really appreciate it. I'm, I was going to get into some football, some other stuff, but I, I see that impressive deer back there on your wall behind you. So I'm going I'm to need that story first. What's uh, what's going on? Because you, I mean, you're the one that did it to me. You put it right there and shot. So we all saw that thing. Uh, yeah, that's actually a deer my dad killed. Uh, probably in 2017, we went to went out to Texas, uh, and pretty funny story. So my granddad, whenever we were younger, always told. Me, uh, my cousin, and my dad, whenever the stock market hit 20,000, uh, the Dow Jones, that he would take us to Texas. And the, the day it did, we let him know, and we were like, it's time to go. And so we went out, and uh, and we he killed that on the first day. I ended up shooting an axis deer that trip, and it was a pretty fun trip. So so what what, what point, what, what what's the numbers on that thing back there? What do we got? Uh, I think it's 11. Okay. So... What do you what what, do you, what else do you remember about that trip? I mean, that, that's really interesting. I was going to ask you some of that kind of stuff anyway. What do you uh, what do you take from that week or that trip? Uh, man, it was it was fun. It was the first time I ever traveled to really go hunting, and uh, like it's funny the real tree stuff. But so growing up, I always used to watch the VHS uh, tapes of real tree monster bucks and stuff, mm-hmm. and they were always traveling to Texas, and so that's why we always growing up wanted to go to Texas and hunt. 
And another funny story about that trip, my granddad was always like, now don't shoot the first, don't shoot a deer on the first day. You're going to see big deer that you don't see back home. So don't just kind of be patient. And we weren't sitting there 30 minutes. We were with all different people, uh, different guides and 30 minutes in, uh, we, somebody shoots and we're texting the group chat. Who wasn't my granddad wasn't there 30 minutes and it already shot. We were like, I, I thought you said, wait, <laughs> don't do it on the first day. So that was a great trip. So hunting your whole life took me through it. How'd you go and get into it? Uh, yeah, really just my dad and granddad just grow, uh, growing up, just hunting and, uh, which, I mean, ever since I can remember just always, my granddad has a place in Oxford, uh, which is awesome. I mean, me and some of the guys come out there all the time and hunt fish, do whatever. So just from a young age, I always had a love for it. Deer and everything or what? What do you, what do you, what, yeah, what do you deer, doing? deer, duck, turkey, everything. Duck <laughs> is probably my favorite. Uh, talk with Tyler. We're going to try to get a duck hunt going this year. We had a turkey hunt, uh, me, Tyler and Dart, uh, this past turkey season. Uh, we did it, auctioned it off at the Grove Collective and it went great. So where'd y'all go for that? Uh, we started off on, uh, my granddad's place here in Oxford, uh, and then moved to another property and ended up killing two birds on another property. We got on some early on my place, but it was early season and they didn't want to act right. So. Yeah. You're probably introducing darts, some of that stuff. Cause I mean, the, the stuff I hear about his dad and what they've been doing and they get like dropped off in the middle of nowhere and all this kind of crap. So that's, that's a little different what we got going on around here, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. We, uh, me and Caleb Warren actually got the chance to go out to Utah during turkey season and turkey hunt a little bit. But hearing some of the stories uh, about that Brandon Dart, Jackson's dad, was telling us about big game hunting and stuff. And it was just about the, like, you're cleaning, you shoot an elk or something, you're cleaning it, you're having to look over your shoulder and watch out because a grizzly bear might be coming up trying to eat you. And it's, we don't have much of that around here. Uh, and just, it's definitely a different lifestyle. Like he talks about, uh, like the big game sheep hunting. And I mean, you're getting dropped off by a helicopter and nowhere. And it's like, you're staying there two weeks. Like there's no way out. And you're, I mean, taking, you're packing food and stuff with you. And uh, I mean, you're really roughing it. So, which is, it's pretty cool. It's different, but it's pretty cool. You got any interest in that or no? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, they, a lot of those seasons are kind of during football season. So that's gotcha. something too. And, uh, and mainly you, you got to put it draw for tags for those. And you got to put in for a lot of years to be able to get a lot of tags. We obviously just talk to him in the way we do and field and you guys and whatnot, but what's, what, what's Jackson like, Jackson like off the field. Uh, and he, he's got the best of both worlds, man. He's, he's got the personality to hang out with anybody, but uh, with us, man, he, uh, we always joked around when he first got here that saying he wanted to be a redneck so bad, uh, <laughs> hanging around with me, and Caleb Warren. Uh, I remember the first time, first time we really hung out with him, we took him hog hunting with dogs and, uh, we ended up killing a pig and we were in some thick brush and, uh, he was like, let me drag it out. Let me drag it out. And I said, all right, man, you go ahead. And he went about 50 yards and he was huffing and puffing, bent over. And I was like, watch out. I got it. But he, uh, whenever he first got here, he was trying hard. We always mess around with him saying how bad he wanted to be a redneck. But he, man, we, we've done, we did a little goose hunting and duck hunting and stuff last year and he loved it. And so the deer hunting's a little different for him. He, uh, first time he went deer hunting with me, we sat in a stand and he was like, so you, you just sit here and wait, you don't go stalk. And I was like, there's not much stalking around here. You just, it's really just sitting and waiting. 
how'd you all get entwined that? I mean, you know, he was a hunter. You guys were hunters. I mean, what, how, how did that kind of happen that it all melded like that? Uh, really at first I didn't, I didn't really know he hunted and then just got getting to know each other. I found out his dad hunted and then found out he hunted a little bit and, uh, the rest really history. I mean, ever since then, we are always doing stuff and like Utah, he got us, he killed his first Turkey in Utah whenever we went out there in May. And, uh, it was pretty cool to see him and his dad both actually killed their first turkeys. So it was pretty cool. You get to kind of see somebody excited, especially, you know, I mean, like I said, especially dedicated hunters like that, where there's not a lot of first, you know what I mean? Like, so getting like something, the new animal, the new kill, the new, the new stock, whatever it is, had to be kind of neat to be in on. Yeah, for sure. His dad, uh, like his dad, I mean, of course, really big hunter, uh, never really, he never turkey hunted before. And then kind of, we, kind of introduced him to it and told him like showed him how it went he was like wow this is actually it has a lot to do with big game hunting he's like this is pretty cool so oh really gotcha you know i for for listeners full disclosure of this we're recording on september 11th and Eli, i didn't even tell you this but uh it's the eighth anniversary of my dad passing away today and i was kind of been on my mind a little bit between hunting and football and whatnot do you sort of do you sort of feel that closeness with your dad and everything i mean is that is that two of the ways that you do feel like there's still some bond there uh, yes, for sure. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, growing up, I mean, like everything, hunting, fishing, football, everything. I mean, he taught me how to do. Uh, and so that's really, it's really special. I mean, especially little things like just hunting stuff. I mean, it's, it's fun to see. And, uh, it's like a year after my dad passed away, I had somebody, uh, send me a text or something. It was like, uh, from now on, that's the hunting partner. You'll never have to wait on. He'll always be there. And so that, that was pretty cool. And it's, you know, you can feel it sometimes when you're out there, and that's it's really special. So, take me through your recruitment a little bit. Um, I, I guess what I was involved with that, how did it end up all miss? Uh, kind of, you know, what's the what's sort of the, the quick version of that? Uh, man, really, I so I grew up an old miss fan ever since I was young. My grandparents, my dad grew up in Oxford, grandparents still live here, and so, uh, I man, starting off, it's a pretty cool story. So, I love basketball growing up, and in, in the ninth grade, going into the ninth grade, uh, I told the football coach one day at school, I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to play football anymore. I'm just going to focus on basketball. Well, he called my dad. And then after school, I get a call from my dad. It's like, no, you're not quitting football. You're going to stick with this. And ended up going to some camps uh, that summer and, you know, getting a little exposure, which I mean, helped a long way and then kind of chased after it. And eventually Ole Miss offered. And then once they offered, uh, I mean, I committed right away. Uh, and then had Mississippi State and some other schools offer come in and offer late. And then, of course, with the coaching change, uh, shook everything up. And then a lot of schools came in once Matt Luke got fired and Lane Kevin got hired. Then mm-hmm. uh, a lot of schools tried to come in. What uh, what you know, what, was it a decision at all of when the coaching change happened? I mean, how do you sort of get acclimated with the new staff, figure out that's still where you want to go? I mean, did Ole Miss have that type of draw or was there a bit of, hey, having to be you know re-recruited to some extent right there? Uh, a little bit re-recruited. So a lot of guys that were uh, committed, in my, or not a lot, I mean, a couple of the guys that were committed in my class, uh, when Kiffin got there, didn't have offers. They mm-hmm. they didn't extend their offers. And uh, there was a couple of us, and uh, there's really there's not many of us still there t- today but because of the transfer portal and everything. But it's uh, – yeah, man, they, they Kiffin just reassured, like, hey, we're going to build something special here. Just stick with us and then – course there was little doubt uh because matt matt luke and his staff had recruited me for three or so years so it's kind of upsetting to some point but uh just like my dad always said just like commit to a school find a place you love and then uh 
and that's kind of what I did. So, what's it like with the portal going on? I mean, do you feel like sometimes you got to make sure you know the names of guys when they come in? I mean, it's take a minute to even kind of learn faces and names and whatnot with this much turnover. Uh, yeah, I always we always joke around. The first meeting we have in the spring, uh, like during February, when we come back from break, it's like it's a whole new team. Like half the guys in your room, you're like, who are these guys? Like you've never met them. So, uh, and it's to an extent, it's pretty hard just with culture and stuff to, uh, kind of get a bond together. But I mean, this year, uh, I mean, it's been great so far. We, we all kind of bought in and came together and, uh, it's been great so far. That's been alluded to a lot. I mean, I think Jackson talked about it after the game Saturday, Lane's mentioned it a couple of times. Why, why is it so different this year versus last year? Uh, really, it's just a culture thing. Last year, we kind of struggled with culture, uh, really. And, I mean, you could t- obviously see, you know, when we got hit in the mouth at the end of the year last year, we folded and we didn't fight back. But that's the biggest difference in last year's team and this year's team. Obviously, last year's team, that game Saturday probably would have gone a lot different. Uh, this year's team just kept swinging uh, and then eventually just fought back up, up and into the game 30-3 to in the second half, outscoring them 30-3 to in the second half. What's led to the, the culture differences? I mean, is there a way? Is it, is it bonding off the field? I mean, is it like is it about the people that actually came in? I mean, what do you what do you attribute that to? Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, uh, we have a leadership committee, and the guys on the leadership committee, we were all just like, "Hey, we we got to do something because some point in the season we're going to get hit in the mouth, and we got to be able to respond to adversity." So we all came together and was like, "Hey, this is this is what we need to do. We need to get everybody on the same page." Like during the summer, and really, you got to build it in the summer. Uh, when it's just kind of us around as players. And then really all the new guys that have come in, I mean, they, they've done great with buying in and just like, hey, like, let's go do this thing. So, Did it take until Saturday or did you know that it was different than last year, even, you know, practices, summer or whatnot? I mean, can you see it in some tangible way at all? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I mean, you know how hot it gets in August, yeah, sure. July, Mississippi, like, Team runs in the summer, you can see it. Like how guys respond to when coaches, oh, we got a few extra sprints today. Like how guys respond, you can see it in those ways. And I knew Saturday that we were going to come around, and uh, I was really happy to see the way we fought back. When the portal's going on and everybody's coming in and out, I mean, do you start looking on the internet and stuff? You hear you got a guy, you looking him up. I mean, especially offensive line or just in general. I mean, how, how much do you pay attention to that kind of stuff before guys actually get on campus? Uh, really not too much. I mean, okay. Because, I mean, it's, it's so much recruiting and stuff. And I'm, I'm not really big in all that. And so, uh, and I mean, whenever they show up, just figure out who they are, meet them and stuff. And so, <laughs> it's, it's so much going on. Because I, I don't know exactly how many people we got this offseason. But, I mean, it was during fall camp, people were still coming in. So, What's it been like under the new offensive line coach this year? Uh, he's great, man. He, uh, he really came in. And that's another thing, too, with culture-wise he came in and kind of established like hey uh and he's 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 not old but he's been doing this for 20 years uh and so he really knows technique and scheme and all that stuff and he's really helped us out a lot so is there a big personality difference I mean does that take does that take some getting used to when you change coaches like that just on a day-to-day level I mean what what is that sort of like practice meeting game that kind of thing I mean you uh we had him for the spring which helped so I mean it's you get used to it in the spring but it's it wasn't too much. I mean, just personality wise. I mean, but it's really it's, it's great to be able to have them in the spring so you can get used to it instead of just them coming in the summer. Just really don't get much time with the coaches in the summer, and it's then you're right into fall camp. 
I know you all played defense, but what was it like on Saturday? I mean, how, how when did sort of the sideline at Ole Miss realize that Michael Pratt wasn't playing and Tulane was going to a backup and all that kind of stuff? I mean, were you all aware of that even, you know, almost really almost prior to kickoff? Uh, yeah, but, I mean, we really weren't saying anything about it. We were, I mean, defensive-wise, I mean, they were like, doesn't matter who's in there, we got to go execute, got to go do our job, and which was – it was cool to see. Uh, a lot of those guys just – I mean – Offense what did not have a great game, and but defense kept swinging, and uh, the whole time every time they come off the field, I mean they were like we got y'all, so which is it's cool to see. Last year you wouldn't see stuff like that, and so this year, I mean, offense wasn't playing good, so defense stepped up and had to play even harder, which is great. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made of real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team, so whether you're tailgating at the stadium, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think was going on there? You know, when, once Trey gets banged up and leaves, and there was that lull from the offensive side. I mean, what's it? What, what's it like? I, I guess in the moment of, of watching that play out and seeing, you know, what's typically not an offense that struggles. Uh, man, it was. Uh, I mean, I I didn't even know Trey went down. Uh, yeah. in, until the second half, you see him on the side. But, uh, man, I mean, a lot of people think Tulane. Uh, I mean, just because of their name and their past, but. They got a great football team. Uh, they got really good coaches, uh, and they they did a really good job on us. We, of course, we had to make adjustment adjustments and uh, kind of get a kick in the butt and get rolling in the second half. Yeah, what was what was sort of the the halftime messages and whatnot? I mean, what was said to you guys? I know, I know, I know a lot of times adjustments is kind of overstated from a halftime standpoint. But what was the what was the mood in the locker room and what did what did, what did people say? Man, really just everybody on the team just picking each other up like, hey, we're only down seven. Let's just keep rolling, keep swinging. Uh, and a lot of a lot of times in the first half, the ball bounced their way with just little things. Uh, and so it was just like, keep swinging, keep fighting. Uh, it's going to bounce our way. And when it does, we just got to execute and go. What's the biggest keys? I mean, I, I know Tulane was throwing some stuff and maybe wasn't expected. Did a lot of run blitzing and, 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 and different things like that. But when 
there are things coming that y'all didn't necessarily prepare on tape. What's that adjustment like from an offensive line? I mean, what 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 goes into to trying to correct that on the fly during the course of a game? Uh, really, I mean, it's we've got great coaches with uh, Garrison and then Hunter McKay. Hunter McKay's in the box, and I mean, he he does a really good job. He's analyst GA wise, like he he's one of the best I've seen since I've been here. Uh, and I mean, it really them seeing it in the box and stuff, and just kind of letting us know and how we need to pick it up. And so. What's your emphasis right now? I mean, obviously in the middle of the season, but where's the things to get better on? I mean, what's kind of your day-to-day things that you're uh, you're, you're working on? Uh, really pad level. Uh, I mean, ever since I've started playing football, I always struggled with pad level. I've always been bigger, but now you get to this, and I'm not always bigger, so I can't get away with it. So really just pad level, uh, just little things like just different steps, all that kind of stuff. What goes into to, to, to carrying pad level? I mean, at this point, I mean, obviously you've perfected as much as you can for over a long period of time. I mean, what 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 do you sort of key on for that day to day? I mean, really just like every time I get in a stance, just all right, pad level, low pads. I mean, just repeatedly over and over again. And this, uh, like I said, I mean, high school and stuff always had the bad habit, but it never got exposed whenever I was in high school and stuff. And then once you get to college, like little things like that get exposed. And then uh, now, I mean, it's just – repetitive over and over and just trying to build good habits and playing low. Are you almost like a pitcher that puts something on the bill of his cap or a golfer somewhere you need to like ride it on a pad or something somewhere to kind <laughs> yeah. of be that mantra and remind yourself a little bit? Yeah, just about, yeah. What's uh, what, what's the offseason like? I mean, when you get done, is it is it back in the tree stand? What do you sort of do to pass time? What's, what, what's the hobbies like, Eli? Uh, really? Uh, just duck season. So I always tell people I like the game uh, – Egg Bowl being played on Thursday night on Thanksgiving because duck season always opens the next morning. And so uh, whether we play in Starford or Oxford, I always make the drive to the Delta and go duck hunt the next morning, hunt all that weekend, really. It's just uh, hunting, deer hunting and duck hunting, really, just in the wintertime until we get back to off-season stuff. And then uh, springtime, you know, turkey hunt as much as we can with spring football. But that's about it. Football is such a big thing. Is that almost like a decompression when the Egg Bowl is over that next morning? I mean, are you almost like in this strange – I mean, I know you have bowl season coming up, but when the regular season and that 12-, 13-week grind is over like that, what's what's that like getting out there and, and being kind of in nature when it's not so necessarily hectic day-to-day? Uh, I mean, it's, it's a good breather. Uh, like, Sundays, we don't have – Sundays are off day with football, and so, like, even after every game, Sunday I try to get out and do something uh, just in our place in Oxford, just – kind of like a little breather, just like – because, I mean, all week long is with school and football and stuff, it's just bang, bang, bang all week long. And so, Sunday you kind of get a little day to relax, and it's just – when especially at the end of the season like that, because that, that 12, 13-week stretch is just – I mean, especially on your body and stuff, it's just it's, – it's a long stretch, and it's very, very taxing. So, it's, it's good to get a little breather like that. What is it about the outdoors that appeals to you? I mean, is it is it solitude? Is it ability to think? Is it is it simply the sportsmanship of it? I mean, what 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 is it that that is so appealing? Uh man, it, it brings me peace. Uh, I mean, it's that's why I like anytime I'm out hunting or whatever. It's just like it's just like nothing else is going on. It's just it's peaceful. So, what's the what's the next new hunting thing? What you got? Is it, is it Jackson taking you out somewhere? What are you going to get into? I mean, you're all, always got to adapt in some way. So what's next? Uh, I don't know yet. I mean, just duck season stuff coming up. Obviously, worried about football and stuff right now, but <laughs> duck season coming up and figure something out. So Walker Howard actually 
I do a little hunting with him too. He's he loves the duck hunt stuff too. And we talked about maybe going to Kansas or something this year to duck hunt once during January when our time off. So, what's there? Why Kansas? Uh, it's it's different. It's a little different hunting. So like around here we have the Delta and it's big fields and stuff. And then like up in Kansas, it's a lot of dry field hunting or like sometimes even like cattle ponds. It's it's different. Uh, it's just really it's just something different. What's the weaponry like for you? Are you the guy that's always trying to get something new and tinker, or you got kind of the old faithful kind of stuff? Where, where, where do you fall on that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, the past, I guess, the past couple of years, I uh, really got into bow hunting. And so, oh, really? cool. it's, and it's, it's a big challenge. I mean, because you're trying to get something within 50 yards or closer. And so, and not trying to spook it and all that stuff. And so, that's, it's really a challenge. And I mean, it's really something new and uh, really, it's just, like any time you you've got an animal that close, I me mean, heart pounding, and then it's pretty sweet. How good have you gotten with the bow? How long uh, have you taken? Uh, I mean, just during the summer as much as I can, I'll shoot. Uh, just whenever it's not like that's another thing I'll do on Sundays is go out and shoot uh, my bow. And so we got we got a velvet season coming up this weekend in Mississippi. They just started that last year, and so I'm gonna try to get out and hunt a little bit uh, on Sunday and bow hunt a little bit Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon and see what we can do. So what's the best deer you've gotten so far? Uh, I'll show you. All right. That deer right there, I killed that one in the Mississippi Delta uh, a couple years ago, probably I think in 2021 is when I killed that deer. He, uh, No, I think it was. I think it was 2019. It's a 10 point. Uh, we got a club down in the Delta, around Grenada, Mississippi, and that's I killed that one down there. Morning, afternoon, take me through it. I mean, where'd uh, you see him? Had you, had you spotted him before? You got cameras going on. What was the yeah? What, what, had, what's the story to it? Uh, yeah, I had cameras on pictures of him. There were uh, that year. It's pretty interesting. So we had three deer uh, that were kind of on the hit list, and then at the beginning of the year, we, we typically try not to shoot the big deer until after September or after January 1st, to try to let them breed. Uh, but that year, one of our big deer, we got him on camera, uh, a guy filming him one day, had gotten a fight, cut his mouth open and his tongue was hanging out, but sitting there in the stand, the guy would just thought it was a leaf hanging off until we, we, he videoed him. And then we're back watching on TV after him. We're like, Oh my gosh, that deer, he got bad hurt. And he ended up dying. Uh, nobody killed him. And then we had another really big deer ended up scoring in the one sixties. Uh, it was just a stud. We had watched him for four or five years and around mid December, he disappeared. Nobody ever saw him again. And that was the third one. Uh, I ended up killing that one. And during Turkey season that next year, we ended up finding that really big deer. Uh, and we got him hanging in the camp skull mount, but he, he was probably the biggest deer I've ever been on that club. So you've gone three for three. It's just taking a little time to to, oh, yeah. to, to get there all the way around. Oh yeah, for sure. So uh when when does when does duck season open up? Uh it's always Friday after Thanksgiving. Oh, it's always that weekend. Yeah. Right. Is that the one you kind of count down to? Is that, is oh, that yeah. it seems like it, you're kind of lighting up more. It seems like that's kind of your come your favorite a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. It's uh really I get to do that a lot more. So in, Jan in Mississippi, the duck hunting really is really good in January. And so uh, after the bowl game where we have off until school starts back, which is into January. So I get two to three weeks of just doing nothing but hunting ducks, which is, I mean, it's obviously my favorite. And, uh, 
I got some good guys I hunt with. And so I meant to ask you minutes ago, do you drop weight during the season? I mean, you have to really up the calories and things to, to keep weight because of the way you guys go at it every day. Uh, yeah, it's so all, all people, all guys are different. Uh, me, I've always struggled gaining weight. And so, um, I'm just heavily eating during the season. And then that's another thing too, like, during the hunting season, like after the season's over, I'm like, oh, I don't have to eat every two hours now. So just, like, just for two or three weeks and then start back training, of course, you got to get back on it. But uh, that's one of those things, too. It's just like, I mean, like every two hours, having to eat something, a lot of carbs uh, and stuff, like a lot of rice, stuff like that. It's just it's real heavy and don't always feel good, but it's got to do it just to keep the weight on. So do you try to do stuff clean like that, or you got some more like snack stuff? It's not necessarily healthy since you are trying to put weight on it. It doesn't matter quite as much. Uh, yeah, I was telling somebody the other day. So like, you first get there freshman year, they're having you pound PB and J's and stuff like that. Uh, I was telling somebody the other day, I may not eat another uncrustable PB and J ever again <laughs> in my life because I've had so many just trying to gain weight. But uh, yeah, so that's another thing too is like whenever I was a freshman trying to gain weight, I always thought like I would go somewhere and get two plate lunches, fried chicken, like just unhealthy food. Cause I was like, that's what's going to help me gain weight. But it, it, that just burned that off even faster. And so really it's a lot of rice, a lot of pasta, stuff like that. That just kind of helps me keep the weight on. Strawberry or grape jelly. Which one? Which one? Uh, is it mm-hmm. grape? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if, if you're going to have to suck them down, that's the way yes. to go. That, 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 that's the way to, to go. I'm going to pick grape. So so do they tell y'all to like go through so many at a time? I mean, are there almost instructions about that kind of thing or can you sort of do it, you know, intuitively? Really, it depends on the guy. When when you're young too, uh, they stay on you like, hey, you need to, this is what your plate needs to look like at breakfast. This is what it needs to look like at lunch, dinner. And they kind of stay on you and teach you. But once you get to where I'm at now, I mean, you kind of know what works for you and different things work for different people. So you kind of figure out what works for you and what helps you and all that stuff family bonds and everything else. What's, what's Ole Miss football meant to you so far? Eli? Uh, man, it's special. Like I said, ever since I was young, I've always been an Ole Miss fan. And like, I remember the days like going up, coming to the Grove and had my Drell Poe jersey on or Dexter McCluster jersey on. Uh, You're making the- me feel really old right now, but go ahead. Go ahead. And, that's, that's fine. Uh, man, it's like all, all the memories, Ole Miss memories that uh, like I, I was, thankfully I was there for like, 2014 Alabama or even the bad ones like the Arkansas fourth and 28. Uh, I remember that like it was yesterday and all those stuff growing up. And like ever since I was a kid, just sitting in those seats watching, I always wanted to be able to play for Ole Miss and do that. And so and that's just, it's really been special. What's your first game day memory? You remember like what game that first kind of sticks in your mind? Uh, Really, I mean, just really those big games are the ones that stick with you just growing up like that. Players and whatnot. I, mean, I saw that guy when I was young or that guy oh, yeah. or whatever. It, it, is it is, is it Dex and Jarrell? I mean, like what what, what players are the most yeah, prominent uh, in your mind from that? So, like time growing up where you like you really look and you're like, Ole Miss football players, like you're really all about it. That's it's like Dexter, uh, Jarrell Poe, all those guys. So. How old were you before you when when you realized, hey, this is a real option, and they're recruiting me, and I can do this thing that I followed my whole life to the level that you have? I mean, what what, what is that like mentally to know that you can likely fulfill that type of goal and something that you've been so entrenched in? Yeah, I mean, like growing up, every kid obviously wants to go do sure. that, and then 
like didn't really realize like our like everybody talks about when their kids growing up like that's that's oh I'm gonna go play here I'm gonna go play there but like uh, I guess ninth grade when I started getting recruiting and recruited and stuff and that it really kind of clicked like hey I can go do this thing and that's that's really a special part about it. What kind of basketball player are you still? You still hoop it up a little bit? I have not touched the basketball in probably two years. <laughs> I need to get you. We need to get a video series. Get you out there. Get you over the Turner Center somewhere. See how it still's going for you. I mean, see if you can still uh, still light it up at all. Yeah, for sure. We got a we got a couple good basketball players on the team, but uh, I haven't gotten out and played really any. Who's the best one? Uh, probably Trig. Trig's a really that, good. That, that's not shocking, but he, that that doesn't count. Like he's the cheat yeah. code though. Who, who who's uh, the best next to him? Jaden Williams for an offensive line. He's really he's a really good basketball player. Yeah, so he played. Up until his senior year, he played tight end, and really basketball was his sport. Uh, and so he uh, uh, he's he's a really good basketball player. Cool. Well, uh, good luck this year, Eli. Really appreciate it, and let's uh, let's do it again as the season carries on. Oh yeah, for sure.